stationary. Y'all know I love to take notes. I love to write. I love to write on paper. I love to write notebooks. Matt, what'd you get me for Christmas this year? I got you notebooks and pens and organizers. Correct. I love it. Uh, And I find that it genuinely helps me remember things better as opposed to typing them or like putting them on a, like a text file or whatever, actually writing something down physically helps me a lot. It helps me organize my thoughts. It helps me get my work done. And ever since I got my new uh, iPad and I got the Apple Pencil with it, I have been doing that on there, and that's great. The only problem I've had with it, it doesn't quite feel like writing on paper, which is a feeling I like. We have the solution to that problem. That's right. Paper-like. As I mentioned at the top of the show, it's a screen protector for your iPad. It uses a proprietary technology called nanodots. With those nanodots, you feel the natural resistance of paper on your iPad screen. It is a paper-like feeling on your iPad. So if you're drawing, if you're taking notes, if you're using your iPad like you would a notebook, here's the way for it to really feel natural. And Chris, I know you love that. You you have an iPad, you got a paper-like and I'm sure it's, it feels just right for you. It does. It feels great to use. Also, Matt, you know I'm very particular about paper. I have yes. specific brands of notebooks that I will and will not use. And paper like feels good on the iPad. Uh, they also make accessories for the pencil to make the pencil a little more comfortable to hold. They make uh, accessories to help you clean the iPad as well. They've got it all. The ability to handwrite notes in a digital form is great to begin with, but getting that extra tactile feeling that makes me happy while I do it, (laughs) that gives me that little dopamine, that little serotonin burst that I like to have, is fantastic. The latest version of the Paperlike is manufactured in Switzerland using high-quality plastic foils designed for maximum picture clarity. You're not going to lose any of the definition of your iPad screen if you put a paper-like on there. And these foils are developed exclusively for paper-like products. It also always comes in a set of two, so you have a spare. Look, we know a lot of artists listen to this show. If you're an artist and you're looking for a way to make drawing on your iPad feel a little bit better, this is how you do it. So, to pick up your paper-like, head over to paperlike.com slash Ajax, click Buy Paper-like, and select your iPad size. From now, right now, until the end of January, Paperlike is also including their digital pro planner bundle at no extra cost for every order placed through the Paperlike store. Plus, shipping is completely free. So if you're ready to do more with your iPad, head over to paperlike.com Ajax to get started. Hello, everybody. This is Comics Catch-Up. The show where Chris Sims and I, Matt Wilson, 
we catch up on comics that we missed out on, that we did not read in our normal reading of comics, and thus were unable to rank on our Every Story Ever list. And based on the suggestions of our listeners, uh, we read them and talk about them and then rank them on our Every Story Ever list. This is a spinoff, as they say in the industry. Hi, Chris. Hi, Matt. How you doing? It's been a while. It has. It's. I, I feel like it's, I haven't seen you in forever. I know. I finally Feels we're like up. forever. That's what we should have called the show instead of comics catch up. Should have called it "Feels Like Forever." Should have called it "Feels Like Forever." Uh, or should we've called it "The Song My Sacrifice" by Creed? <laughs> uh, sorry to be throwing industry lingo at everybody right here at the top. I. It's like I'm Variety over here. Uh, War Ricks Nicks Picks. Anyway, we read Giant Days, the first volume of it for the show this month. I think maybe Matt, I don't want to. I don't want to cast aspersions. I do think it would be useful information for the listeners to know that this is my third podcast recording of the day, and I believe you're second. Yeah, we're a little punchy. We're we're a little we're getting weird. I'm gonna finish the show, and I'm gonna go to bed, and it, the sun is out currently. Yeah, that's what happens in the summer uh, when you're old. You go to bed when the sun is out. Giant Days. That's the comic we read for Comics Catch-Up this month. Based on your votes on our Twitter poll, if you would like to vote in our poll for Comics Catch-Up, you should follow War Rocket Pod on the Bad Website Twitter and vote in our monthly poll to determine what you read. I was a little confused, I think, when we talked about Giant Days on the last Every Story Ever, uh, we had gotten Giant Days Volume 1 in a list on that episode. And I had mentioned that I thought Huge had talked about that book back when he was hosting the show. And uh, that is impossible, because Giant Days came out in 2015. <laughs> mm, yes, you were definitely uh, the host of the show for five years at that point. Yeah, Huge uh, has not been a co-host since 2010. I believe this book he loved so much was I Kill Giants. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Which is another book with giant in the title. Which is an adventure book, which is what I was kind of expecting when I broke this open. So, imagine my surprise when this turned out to be a boombox comic. Uh, basically, just a like a a comedy, like almost like a sitcom about... Uh, three young women who are freshmen in college. Yeah. I thought it was, uh, I believe, John Allison's other comic, uh, which is what? Uh, is that Scary Go Round? Yes, Scary Go Round is his other book. Which I think is more of an adventure story as well. Like, that's the one where I was like, oh, I think I've got this in print. That's the one that I have in print, or, or had at one time. Okay. I... Definitely thought I was. I definitely thought this book was going to go in a different direction than the direction in which it went. Yeah, it's not the book I was expecting. Not to say that I disliked it. I actually quite enjoyed it. We can go through the whole creative team on the book. Uh, it was created and written by John Allison. Uh, these issues, I believe, 
the artist's changes somewhere in the course of the book, but these issues are all illustrated by, uh, I think her name is pronounced Lissa, Lissa Treeman, uh, with colors by Whitney Kogar and letters by Jim Campbell. Um, and it is exactly what I said it is. It is a sitcom, slice of life, character-driven kind of comic about uh, three young women who are roommates in college. Their names are Esther DeGroot. Esther, who is a uh, your typical goth type. She's got uh, very dark hair, very pale skin, and she's into metal. Uh, she is identified in the first issue as being a person who starts drama. She loves to start drama. Uh, then there is Susan Ptolemy. Uh, she is uh, kind of the... Well, she's the messy one of the three. She does not like to clean. Her part of the room is also always uh, messy. And uh, at one point, she writes a a zine about feminism that goes viral in the course of these four issues. It's, it's nominally about feminism, but it's specifically about how one dude sucks. <laughs> yeah. And, and she meant it as a joke, but people start to take it seriously. Uh, she's kind of the, like, I don't know. I, this seems like a weird way to describe her compared to the other two. Cause it's not like the other two are not brainy, but Susan kind of comes off as the brainy one. Yeah. And then there's Daisy, who is kind of shy and uh, has a hard time kind of cozying up to other people. Uh, And in these three issues, uh, she tries to date a girl and ends up getting slightly embarrassed by that uh, when she gets rejected. It is hard to talk about these four issues as one story. Can we talk about that, Chris? Yeah, Yeah, I – because I I texted you when I was done reading it, and I was like, hey, we're reading one to four, right? And you said yes. Those are the issues in the first volume. Yeah. I would almost – if this had not been like a, a requested entry in the comic catch-up saga, I would disqualify these simply because I don't think they – they tell one story. I think they either tell four stories or a piece of like, like one eighth of a story. I think they tell four stories, but they're stories of comparable quality. So I think we can group them together, but I think you're right. It, it is structured much like a web comic and it is no surprise that, Giant Days started as a webcomic because these single issue stories, because I can tell you what the stories are of each issue, more or less. Issue one is the intro story where we meet all the characters and kind of learn what they're about. And we find out about how uh, Susan hates this guy, Graham, that she used to live with in Northampton. All these people are British, by the way. This is a British book. So it yeah, takes, I would say uh, extremely, extremely British. Takes place at a uh, a university in England. They would never call it college. Never. Uh, it happens. It takes place at the University of Sheffield. 
So the first issue is kind of the character introductions. We find out why Susan, a little bit about why Susan hates this guy, Graham. Second issue, everybody gets sick, which hits a little close to home. But it's it's about the, like, everybody's at college and, and they pick up a bug. So that's issue two. Issue three is the issue where Esther gets put on a like a hot girls list by some shitty guys on campus, which leads to Susan publishing that feminism zine. And then issue four is about Daisy's birthday and how she goes out and parties and takes drugs and then uh, has to at first cover that up, but then not uh, when her grandmother comes to visit. Each issue has a distinct story while there is a through line occurring of particularly Susan's relationship with Graham and then some stuff with Daisy dating as well. But like they don't even strike me so much as the type of storytelling you get in like a single issue comic book story. Each issue kind of feels like a single arc in a web comic. Like, you know how like a, a webcomic arc will last, you know, a week, two weeks, three weeks. This feels like each issue is one of those arcs. And then it moves on to the next arc in the next issue. Yeah. Do you, does yeah, that, am, so. I, am, uh, am I off the mark with that? No, I think you're, I think you're exactly right. Uh, I feel like it's structurally... Like even if we didn't know that it had started as a webcomic, like it has that webcomic uh, thing of each page essentially being a unit of storytelling. Yeah. Like it is very much broken into pages that ask a question or deliver a punchline in the last panel and don't necessarily like flow from one panel to the next. It's a hard break at the end of each page, uh, almost like almost every time. Because of that, I think that's one of the reasons that it doesn't feel like these are one story. Uh, there are certainly like things that happen that each issue kind of has one big theme, right? Like the sick right. issue, right? Is I think the primarily the the best example of that one, and also was my favorite of the bunch. And and uh, it, it starts like, and resolves. It starts and resolves that story. Like by the end of the issue, they're not sick anymore. Yeah, uh, but. It also it makes it a a weird thing to kind of lump together as one. I think it's highly episodic. I think is the highly episodic is a good way to describe it. Yeah. Again, there are three uh, lines that go throughout the the relationship between Esther and Graham. I think is the big one, and there is some resolution to their conflict in issue four, even though it's also evident that their relationship is going to continue to evolve as the series progresses. But there is no single, like there's no need to catch the reader up on what's been happening when the next issue starts, because we're kind of on to a new story. So, that's the formal discussion. I mean, as far as like the stories being presented, 
I think all the characters are really engaging. I think they're really well distinguished from one another. I think each of them gets like a funny moment where they get to do like the part where Daisy, like Daisy kind of seems like the character who's not going to stand out as much. And then in the fourth issue, she's just like, yeah, grandma, I got really fucked up on drugs, (laughs) which I thought was great. Yeah. The art is wonderful. Uh, Apparently Lisa Treeman stays on through issue six and comes back occasionally for like a special or something. But uh, Max Saren becomes the regular artist of the series, starting with issue seven. He's he's the artist on the book mostly uh, from then on. Even though Lisa, okay. Lisa Treeman does uh, many of the covers uh, after that. When I say that I would disqualify these issues if if we weren't kind of I don't know legally bound cursed. I think cursed might be the way to put it. <laughs> uh, to do these as as a uh, like a single unit, like that doesn't mean I didn't like it. I actually quite liked it uh, more than I thought I was going to. Once I realized that there were not like monsters, which I was hoping for, it's very much a matter of uh, like the the character being so strong. I was so worried for Daisy in number four. Yeah. Like, I was worried about her because she took three ecstasies. I don't know how ecstasy is measured. And I was like, oh no, her friends should not have let her go with that other girl. You know, I had the genuine, like, laugh out loud moment when, uh, when she does talk to her grandma in that issue as well. When Esther is, like doesn't have any clean clothes, so she has to put on a full-ass Victorian gothic dress. That's right. To, to go to the, like, try and go to the pharmacy. That's just hilarious. Yes. Uh, it was very, like, very engaging, very funny. Uh, the uh, number two, I think, yeah, number two is the uh, the issue where everybody gets sick. It's the second uh, issue, yeah. Yeah. Uh, coughs and sneezes spread diseases, everybody. Uh, and also, there's a line in here about, uh, what is it? Uh, think of all those regional colds people are bringing here for a big virus party. So um, UNC starts tomorrow, I think. Oh, boy. Yeah. B, please, please stay safe if you can, everyone. Uh, but it is like one solid joke after another. Like that whole issue. Yeah. Again, almost every page, because of the way it's structured, has like a really sharp punchline. Yeah, it, it. There are parts of it that read like a gag strip. Mm-hmm. It does a little more as far as character development than your average gag strip. But and it has runners. I, I actually really like that about about the book. Um, for example, when anybody has a flashback, any other character in the room, we see them like getting excited and saying flashback, flashback, flashback yeah. to make them have it, which I think is a fun, is a very funny running gag. It it has that structure to it, though. It has that gag strip feel, and it it makes it makes it hard for us. To 
mix it in with everything else that we've ranked. But I don't want anybody to think that that is an indictment or a knock on this book because the book is excellent. Now we were told at one time when, when I think when I put this on the, the poll and I just said giant days, volume one, a few people, and that's how it was submitted to us for every story ever. A few people essentially told us, Hey, you should probably just read the whole series. The issue is the problem there is the entire series is 54 issues. The last issue came out in September 2019, and that was number 54, which is too much for us to do in a catch-up. Yeah. It is interesting how short the volumes of this book are, though. Like, each volume is roughly four issues, which seems like not a lot compared to other, you know, compared to other comics where the collected editions are like, five, six issues or more. They read short too. Like even though each page is a distinct unit, like I was very surprised to kind of go back and check and see like, Oh no, that was 20 pages. Uh, Cause they, they go quick and having a volume just before of these is very, very surprising to me. Like, I, I feel like that's, that's a, it, it's, it's not enough of it. And again, I would love to rank this thing all as one. And I kind of like, I kind of feel like maybe that's what we should do. I know that's not what we do on catch up, but I kind of want to get an entire story out of this because we have episodes, but none of the through lines between all the episodes resolve. There's a little bit of a resolution with Graham. I believe the dynamic between between uh, Susan and Graham changes pretty drastically by the next issue, which I have, I didn't read closely, but I did look through uh, a bit. And the, the idea, you know, the notion that Susan has this overwhelming hatred of Graham uh, changes pretty, pretty drastically by the time you get to issue five. Mm-hmm. So, so there's at least a shift there. I can kind of see why that is the dividing line or that is the point where it changes into, you know, a quote unquote new arc. That's fair. That's fair. I, I'll go with that then. They kind of, they kind of make up at issue four or they kind of like come to an understanding at the very least. Yeah. If we can hang our, our weird arbitrary, uh, or weird arbitrary judgments of what is a story or not on that, then I'm okay with that. I would, I, I just want to stress, I would happily read this whole thing. I really did enjoy it. I thought it was a hoot. Yeah, I'm actually encouraged to, like, if I have time to catch up with all the rest of the series, I absolutely will. We just, it is a little beyond our reach to read 54 issues of something for a catch up that we you know, typically try to knock out within a week. <laughs> so, yeah. I, that, that said, I, you know, it is something where I'm engaged enough with these characters that I absolutely would do that. And, and I don't need them to go on an adventure. I kind of enjoy just seeing them like interact with each other on campus and 
interact with the other people around them and and you know get into hijinks, which is really what so much of this book is. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah, what do you, what do we want to like? Is there anything else we want to say about it? Like again, I think the. Uh, the jokes are solid. The art is incredibly expressive. I love the the art in this from uh, Lisa Treman. Yeah, I'm actually interested to see how the art changes when Treman is no longer the regular artist on the book when Max Aaron takes over. Um, it, I'm actually looking at one of the later issues now, and it has a different look, but it's not... It's still very expressive, and the characters are all still very, you know, recognizably themselves. So, um, the art change doesn't seem to hurt the book by any stretch. Mm-hmm. Yeah, incredibly expressive stuff. The facial expressions are really dynamic. Uh, I love that the, the uh, like every character, not just like our three main characters, but all of the supporting cast as well. They all have like the silhouettes are very good. Like yes. everyone is, you know, you can you can almost close your eyes and everyone's very recognizable, uh, which is you know like an underrated little bit of of design. It's the it's the Matt Graining thing. Make everybody yeah. recognizable by silhouette. I think we've said it all. It's time to rank uh, Giant Days one through four. Which again, perhaps not a single story, but of comparable enough quality. That I think we can we can group these together. Yeah, I think so. Uh, again, I think we both really liked it. Uh, it is a top heavy list. It is a top heavy list. That is true. Uh, did we like it more than say the Infinity Gauntlet, which is at number two fifty? How does Giant Days one through four compare to the Infinity Gauntlet, Matt? <laughs> Uh, well, I'd say Giant Days has funnier character moments, uh, but not anything quite as climactic and cool as uh, Captain America, the last living superhero facing down Thanos. Yeah, that shit uh, rules pretty hard, actually. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so that's at number 250. At uh, 300, we have... Have we ranked 300, Matt? I don't think we have ranked the Frank Miller uh, historical war epic 300. 300's all right. It's, yeah. I mean, it's racist. <laughs> it's, well, okay, yeah. I'm sorry, I was just thinking about, like, I'm like, hey, of all the comics I've read where a bunch of naked dudes do push-ups, that's probably one of the better ones. Yeah, that part's pretty good. Um, it's just the other the guys they fight against uh, that are not yeah. particularly well. Yeah. Uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles 1 through 7 is at 300. Those are pretty good. Those are pretty good. That's every that's everything you need. Yeah. Uh, we've already ranked I Kill Giants, actually. That is at number 325. Uh, that is the book that I mistook for what was originally asked us for us to rank. I liked this better than that. Uh, okay. Well... But, but there's a, there's stuff under it that I think I like better too, like like Fried Xavier's Murder at the Mansion, Tower of Babel, uh, that whole little chunk of Grant Morrison comics. Uh, ooh, that Usagi Ajimbo story with the bridge, called the bridge. Mm-hmm. That's a good one. 
That is good. That's all good stuff. That uh, th- that Amazing Spider-Man story where the <laughs> where the Green Goblin gets carnage. Oh yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh, that's great. Well, what do you think? What um, <sighs> yeah, there's I, a I lot mean, of good stuff. There's a lot of good stuff in this a lot of good region stuff of the on list. list. Yeah, I think uh, at 400 we've got Judge Dredd, the Curse of Earth. I think that's probably better. Okay. Um, at, at 450, Suicide Squad, the issues where they go to Apocalypse. I think we're getting closer. I definitely yeah, think I'm, we're getting closer. I'm going back up into the 400s. So at 406 is Peanuts the Sack, which... Oh, that's that's comparable. That's comparable, I think. Uh, yeah. Jughead 9 through 11, that's comparable. That's the story Jughead, where Jughead I'm, dates Sabrina because she's a hamburger. Right. That one, I think, is better. Okay, at 408... Fighting a vacuum cleaner is better. At 408 is Daredevil Fights a Vacuum Cleaner. That rules. At 409 is Marvel Universe The End. I could put this above that. I was thinking, okay, here's the floor. The floor is 411. Terror Assaulter Omwat. I think this is better than Goody Rickles. And I think it's better than Marvel Universe The End. Do you think Goody Rickles is better? I think good. I think Goody Rickles is among the finest comics ever printed. Bad. <laughs> That's when there's two Don Rickles. It's yeah. You, okay. You tell me. No, I, think, I, I think. I think you're. I think you're onto something. I think I would rather. I would rather continue reading Giant Days than go back and read the Thanos series that came out of Marvel Universe: The End. Both, both of which are comics I like. Yeah. Uh, I think that's that's what kind of pushes this one over the top. It's definitely not as good as Daredevil fighting that vacuum cleaner. Yeah. So entering the list at the number 409, it's going to be Giant Days 1 through 4. And I'll tell you what. If I could find the time, which is the hardest thing to do, of course. If I can find the time to read the rest of Giant Days... And we determine that it is all one story. We could come back. I would be willing to come back and re-rank the whole thing. Like, take Giant Days 1 through 4 off the list and re-rank it all as one story. 1 through 54. Plus specials. There are also specials. Which kind of messes things up too. But every year they put out a holiday special. Uh, so, you know, I don't know if those count or not, or if those are side stories or, or how you want to categorize those. But I do, I do think it could be useful and worthwhile to maybe over time read the whole series and maybe come back and rank that. I think you are correct, because I suspect... What we are going to find is that it's going to hang together as a series better than these four issues hang together as a story. You're probably right. And I suspect that it is now finished. I believe it ended in 2019. Although, who knows, it could always come back. Uh, but the, the last issue that came out did come out in September 2019. And there hasn't been an issue since. It's been almost a year. So, And it was basically monthly up to that point. So, 
I think we can be pretty safe in saying that it has completed. All right. Well, for now, it's at number uh, number four hundred nine, which is a highly respectable uh, yeah. way to enter the list. Uh, I would like to say we talked about the genre of this book at the top. We called it kind of like a sitcommy thing. Uh, Wikipedia categorizes the genre of this book as varsity comedy. That that you know, I get I get that as a genre. Uh, I guess it is mixed in with the the varsity novel. A varsity novel takes place at a college, so so this is a varsity comedy comic, which there are not very many of. <laughs> if if it wasn't good. Would we call it like a junior varsity comic? I think we would say we had the varsity blues. <laughs> Boo. We'll be back in September with another c- catch up. Uh, please send us suggestions of comics you want us to catch up on on our Twitter account, which is War Rocket Pod on Twitter, on Tumblr, warrocketpodcast.tumblr.com, or you can email to them, them to us at warrocketpodcast at gmail.com you can also get in touch with us at that email address about whatever else you want to get in touch with us about you can also support this show Comics Catch Up and everything else we do here at Clytus Media uh, by heading over to patreon.com slash warrocketajax and kicking in as little as one dollar a month to make sure that uh, all all our podcasts keep going thanks for listening everybody we hope you enjoyed our discussion of Giant Days we hope that maybe we can read more of that comic and rank more of it in the future because we liked it. Chris, anything you have to say before we get out of here? Uh, no, thanks for recommending this. Uh, I, I thought this was kind of a, uh, a a dark horse candidate for for getting into comics catch up, but uh, I really liked it. So yeah. I'm I'm glad that we we got to give it a little read. Super fun. See you next month, everybody. We love you. Good catching up. Good catching up.